I want to welcome everyone back to the Duck Pond Wall, the show here on WEHC, where we sit down like we were sitting on the Duck Pond Wall and catching up with friends and, and alumni of Emory and Henry. And tonight, my guest is a 2020 graduate, Alex Elkins. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, just for fun, let's tell everybody where you're sitting right now. Let's tell everybody where you're living right now. You got it. I am currently in Manhattan, New York City. Come on now. You know, Southwest Virginia folks, we love to hear those kinds of stories. Where, where were you from? Were you from Manhattan? I'm not. So I'm actually from Blacksburg, Virginia. Well, look at that. We're in a Virginia Tech shirt. Don't tell anybody. I know. It all pans out, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, and you're wearing an Emory & Henry shirt. I feel really bad right now. So you were from Blacksburg. How did you end up at Emory & Henry? It's so wild, actually. Um, so I was a musical theater major in undergrad. So I did a complete 180. Um, I did a bunch of auditions. I came to New York and auditioned for a bunch of places, um, got some acceptances, but Emory was just the right fit for me at the time. And I'm glad I did it or else I wouldn't have ended up back in Manhattan. So, that, Well, which is kind of a funny story to tell. So now why are you back in Manhattan? Yeah, or so not back. Right. I guess you're back after trying out for some schools there. But what what has taken yeah. you to Manhattan this time? Yeah, for sure. I'm currently in grad school, so I'm going to Silverman School of Social Work, which is um, a college of Hunter College, the CUNY school system. Um, and I'm there getting my MSW, which is my master's in social work. And and what do you plan to do with that? Yeah, so I currently work um, at an organization. Uh, we have to do placements every year. So my current placement is within line of the work that I really want to do once I graduate upon graduation. Um, and the place that I'm placed at right now is called Center for Justice Innovation, formerly known as Center for Court Innovation. And we work in partnership with the New York Court, uh, the Unified Court System. And I work in the Felony Alternatives to Incarceration Project. Okay, let's just start right there, because that sounds yeah. fascinating. What does that mean? Tell me what that means and what that's about. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work. Um, I mean, a lot of words, I think, uh, to understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it is a lot of work. Too. I was going to say, it's probably both. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Um, but basically, uh, what I do as a social worker is I work with people who are being convicted of felonies or who are predicate felons. There's no um, exclusionary cases, which is what's really cool about our program. It was launched in 2019, and it's the first of its kind in the United States. So basically, it's it's not necessarily like a specialized drug or mental health court. It's something completely separate. So if people have felonies and they're looking to get them um, expunged or, you know, they don't want to do time on Rikers. Uh, I don't know many people who want to do that. Why would you want uh, they to? Can, yeah. Yeah. They can come to our program and we give them alternatives. So that can look like many things. And what I do is I do a clinical assessment of their needs and what I think would be beneficial for them Um to thrive after, after incarceration, or, you know, some of these people have been incarcerated for years and they're doing this. So it looks, it looks a lot of, it looks in a lot of different ways. Um, so I can connect people to mental health services. We help them with vocational services. Um, housing is a big one. Basically any needs that need to be met, that's what I'm there for, as well as being a clinical liaison and a court liaison as well too. So I sit in court um, one of my three days a week and I get to talk to um to my clients, but I also get to go before the judges, the DA's office. Um, I get to have interaction with the, the defense attorneys uh, and things like that. So 
Well, talk to us a little bit about what some of the alternatives are. So if you've if you've committed a felony and you like you say, you don't want to go to Rikers, what are some of the things that you might do instead? Yeah, so I see as most of ours are like mental health programming. There are mm -hmm. a lot of people out there who just need help. Um, and there are a lot of people who are a lot less fortunate than, than myself and then, you know, than a lot of other people. So mental health programming is really important. Like I said, vocational. So getting people jobs, getting them um, pro-social relationships as well too. That's, that's part of being a social worker as well as being someone that can be there as an advocate uh, for them, but also as a person that they can come to and talk to um, and being a pro-social relationship for them as well. So yeah, those are some of those are some of the alternatives. Like I said, um, it's not necessarily like a thing. We, we don't do like community service. It's not something that looks like that. It's really helping the person and the the participant themselves with with growth. That is so interesting. And I'm trying to remember where I just heard this statement made, and I don't remember what country they were talking about. But the the conversation was that there was a country, and I don't remember where it was, where they no matter what your offense was, you know, they don't really put people away forever that they were saying the conversation was that United States is far more punitive than rehabilitative. And so, you know, this sounds sort of like flying in the face of that, that this is about rehabilitation and about, like you say, about growth and about getting beyond it and doing something besides just being in prison and being in trouble. Yeah, decarceration and rehabilitation is definitely key in our in our program for sure. Decarceration, I like that. So yeah. this is the first program. Did you say in New York or in the uh, in the country? In the country, yeah. It started in 2019. Um, I think New York is special in the way that they are willing to try new things. Typically in New York, that you may be. Um, don't see outside other spaces, whether that be for lack of resources or, you know, there are a number of things, but I think New York really spearheads a lot of um, projects within government and especially within these initiatives as well. So uh, they started here and, you know, we're hoping to expand. I would love to bring this program specifically to rural areas as someone who grew up in the South, as someone who grew up in Appalachia. That's something I would love to see is a program like this in rural communities because it's possible it and it is possible it's just someone has to be the one to start it and has to be the one to figure out the the programming and getting the the resources from different places so do you have some folks who have already sort of completed the program yeah i had my first you're completion. smiling you're smiling really big yeah, I'm actually really excited. Um, I, I can't give away any details uh, for the person's <laughs> confidentiality, right. but I did I did have a participant complete for the first time. I got to see my first graduation and Aww. this person was really incredible. I will say they were a younger person as well too, which made me have, have a special place in my heart for them because I understand uh, that we came from very different worlds and who's to say that, you know, if I wasn't in the same situation as them, I wouldn't be in the exact same spot that they were in. So right. uh, it was really cool to, to see that completion and to see them go on and do great things. And they're now placed in um, a job program and doing some, some really great work. So. Well, that's got to make you feel good. No wonder you're smiling so big. Yeah. Yeah, big fan. I'm the big. I'm their biggest cheerleader. Truthfully, 
And I still keep in contact with my participant. Like during the mandate, they're like legally mandated to talk to me once a week. <laughs> so, but it's fun that like afterwards, this person was like, oh, I want to tell you like how I did on this test Aww. that I had to take uh, for a qualify, like a qualification exam for his job. Um, and I was like, yeah, like, let me know. Like, let's hear it. So that's awesome. Oh, that, yeah. well, you know, and what you said a minute ago kind of speaks to what you're saying now in that. Some people just don't have an advocate. Correct. You know, people grow up in, in horrible situations and some people just don't have somebody who would cheerlead for them when they need a cheerleader. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have a lot of people who are involved in the programs uh, right now? I personally have about 10 people on my caseload. Um, again, I'm only there three days a week. So a person who's there full time will have upwards of like 30. Uh, so there's a lot of people involved in the program and, um, you know, we're seeing some really great results from the program as well, too. So is it, is it a trial program or is it like, no, no, this is here to stay? I mean, I just wonder if they're doing like a whole measurement of how it's working and whether they feel like it's successful or not. Yeah. So it's definitely in its pilot stage. We're still, you know, entering in all the data. Uh, there's a lot of data on on this side of work, too, that you don't really kind of expect when you hear the word social work. Um, there is a lot of data, a lot of um, evidence-based practice models to uh, make sure that it is working and it's working the way that we want it to and the way we intend to, to, to wow. be of help and of service. That is super yeah. cool. There are other schools of social work, I'm guessing. Did you just want to go back to Manhattan after having visited there before? Yeah, so it's it's wild. I graduated Emory um, in the pandemic in 2020, which was kind of unfortunate. Um, yeah. But, you know, we made the most of it. I always say it's so funny. I still feel like I'm on summer break and I'm like going to go back to Emory sometime <laughs> soon. I'm just like waiting to get my room assignment, I guess. Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely feels that way. Uh, but Yeah, so I graduated in 2020 uh, with a musical theater degree, which I love and I'm very thankful for. But at that time, no one was hiring for actors. That's not what we were looking for in this world. And I didn't know the next time we would all be able to be in a theater together. And it made me um, internally reflect and say, you know, is there something else I may want to do for the time being? I can always come back to this. And I've always been interested in, you know, decarceration, rehabilitation, alternatives to incarceration. Um, And so I saw that social work was the way to go. Um, I did a gap year and I lived in Abingdon for a year because, you know, once you're here, it's hard to leave. Um, Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I I worked at a great, I'll I'll plug the local restaurant because they're great. So if anyone's listening, uh, White Birch Food and Juice, I managed that restaurant for a year. Nice. great. Uh, But yeah, so while I was there, I was applying for grad schools. I applied to NYU, VCU, Silverman, where I'm at currently, and Radford. I got into all four. (laughs) There's sort of a non sequitur in that list. And Radford. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) I got into all four and Silverman was just the best fit. And I knew, I always knew that I wanted to live in New York City. Uh, I thought it would look a lot different. I thought I'd be singing and dancing around the city. And now it just looks a little bit different, but I'm happy I'm here. And I definitely made the right decision for myself. Alex, uh, here's a spoiler alert. You can still sing and dance around the city. I mean, it's New York. No one's going to turn it. They're they're not even going to blink if they see some attractive young woman dancing down (laughs) the street, singing and dancing and to her heart's content. You could just do that there. And that's allowed. 
You're right. And if you ever see me in the East Village, I will be doing all of those things. So, <laughs> I, you know, I feel like I'm going to see you on some, you know, CNN report, you know, like she's, she's the dancing social worker and she's, you know, she's on Broadway. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> on the sidewalk. I want to remind everybody, we're speaking with Alex Elkins, Emory Henry class of 2020, who is in a very cool master's of social work degree program. And doing some great work with a word I have not heard until tonight, decarceration. I'm very excited about that and I want to know more about it. Let's talk just for a second about your time at Emory and Henry and the fact that you graduated in 2020. You know, I was not kidding when right before we started, I said, you know, my heart kind of breaks a little every time I talk to somebody in your class, because that was, that was a weird thing that happened. I mean, do you feel like that the weirdness of that stays with you in good or bad ways? Yeah, it was definitely weird. And like I said, I was a musical theater major. So I was in my childhood bedroom trying to do ballet bar. Um, So (laughs) that looked a little silly and felt a little silly. My mom got really tired of me screlting is what I like to call it, screen belting all of my audition music at the time. (laughs) Yeah. You've taught me two new words tonight, screlting. I'm a big fan of slang, so... Yeah. But yeah, it, it was a it was a lot different, I think, for myself and my program specifically as a musical theater major, because that's something that really requires a lot of human interaction. It's not the case where you can say, oh, read this chapter in a textbook and then let's discuss it one another. It's performance based. And right. we were performing with one another over Zoom and you would have to wait like two seconds. Uh, like we would have a we would have our accompanist like play and then we'd have to like wait two seconds because it was all the timing is off. Um <laughs> So it was, it was very different. And, and like I said earlier, it, it feels like there was no really concrete end to my college career. So I, I still feel like I'm going to come back to Emory at some time. Like it feels like I just haven't finished those things yet. Because um, when we were doing all these things our last year, we didn't know that they were our last in right, that I know, I know. Because usually usually you have like that whole year to go, oh, it's my last time to do this or it's my last time to do that. Well, whoop ding, you know, it was... It was your last time, last time. You just didn't know. Yeah. I would have cherished that fried chicken Wednesday a little bit more if I would have known it was my last. <laughs> we were just talking about fried chicken Wednesdays today. As a matter of fact, that's pretty funny. I was saying that Iconic. sometimes I forget what day it is until I go in Van Dyke <laughs> and I see the line and I go, oh, it's Wednesday. Look yeah. I'm glad people. to know that's still around. It's oh, iconic. Yeah. yeah. So uh, tell me this, the, the, the theater department did a cool thing in 2020 like where they did like the little zoom series of things. Were you part of that? Was that before you left? I can't remember the time. Um, I think that was after me. So uh, I was actually cast in a production of little women before, you know, school ended and we, we realized we weren't coming back. And so at that time, I don't think really anyone had their bearings about them because we were right. still in that kind of limbo or like, are we going to come back? Are we not going to come back? So we, we weren't a part of uh, the class of 2020 wasn't a part of any zoom productions, oh, okay. um, but I'm glad they could do that afterwards. So yeah, it was it was a neat experiment. I'm glad, I'm like you. I'm glad they don't have to still do it all. I mean, if they want to do it, that's one thing. It's fun that they know how to do it, but you know, it's nice that they can be back in person. Yeah, exactly. And I think people have gotten really creative with with arts and just life in general since the pandemic and finding ways to to still make those connections. And now, you know, with Zoom, uh, I even myself and my family, we've realized, oh, we can talk to each other because we're all over the United States, my family. And so 
part of the pandemic for us is we realized, oh, on Sunday nights, like we're all going to talk to each other and we're all going to like tell each other what's going on with our lives. And that was something that, you know, maybe we wouldn't have thought of before, um, before the pandemic. And yeah, we have, I've, I've, my friends and I have made fun of ourselves because we had Zoom. We just never, it never dawned on us to use it, you know, until we yeah, had we, to and use it all the time. Yeah. But we yeah. just didn't really know how to utilize it. It's great for interviews too. I'm like, oh, I don't have to run around the city to a million different places. I can do my first interview on Zoom. Yeah, we'll take it. Meetings don't get me started on people who make me, you know, drag all the way like across town for a 10 minute meeting. Come on, do that on Zoom. Exactly. This could have been an email. This could have been an email. (laughs) It could have been an email. Could have been a Zoom call. Leave me alone. Yeah. But now, you know, if you're that artsy kind of person at heart, what are you doing to stay involved in the arts? Well, for one thing, you're yeah. in Manhattan, so come on, there's arts everywhere. But still, what are you doing to feed that part of you? That is such a great question. I'm glad you asked that. Um, as far as being able to consume art, it's very easy. I go to the Met quite literally once every couple of weeks. I love the Met. I, I live so close to the Met, so I'm there all the time. And they have this really great program that if you're a New York resident, you get to pay what you wish, which is nice for a broke grad student like me. Yeah, so I'm, I'm there a lot. I just saw a concert last night, actually. Um, so consuming art and like I get to see Broadway shows and I get to be immersed in this culture. I get on the train and there's a uh, like there's a band playing on the train. Like it's it's great for art consumption. As far as performing, I, I definitely haven't been able to perform since I've gotten here, which, you know, is a little bit of I I'm in school and I work as a bartender as well. So I'm, I don't really have a ton of time to to pursue that in the way that I would like to. Sure. Um, and there are definitely opportunities out there, but I am currently in a class right now that I'm really excited about. It's called social work in the arts, um, which I thought was incredible because something I didn't realize is there are a lot, we, we always make fun of it. We call it the musical theater or the theater to social work pipeline because uh, <laughs> there are a lot of- Are there a lot? <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of creatives out there. And I I think it has to do with the fact that, you know, we're very in touch with emotions and what that looks like and how that looks like in different bodies and different spaces. So it makes sense. But yeah, there's this great class called Social Work in the Arts that I'm in. And we discuss like ways in which that we can use art for ourselves as as clinicians, but also for for groups and for individuals and for clients, uh, which is really cool and figuring out how we can create art and make it therapeutic in a way so well I love that well and you know as a theater person you kind of have to be in touch with the human experience a little bit too and so that probably makes you look perhaps a little more empathetic well and so in in what ways do you find that that it's I mean you were just taking this class but I mean in what ways do the arts translate to being a helpful process for someone who needs some help yeah I think there are many ways there are people who who journal, which you wouldn't necessarily think of as artistic right off the bat. I feel like when I hear the word art, I think of like, you know, like painting or like singing and dancing for me. But uh, there are people who journal and use creative writing. Uh, there are people who who also, you know, can paint their feelings. I something that I'm known for, and you can ask any of my friends. I'm a playlist girl, so you give me a very specific emotion, and I will have you at least twelve songs that have that exact emotion that you're feeling in the place that it's happening. Um, 
So I, that's something that I use for myself and I encourage my clients to use that as well too, as a way of, if you don't want to make this art yourself, you can also consume it in ways that can be therapeutic. That, that is a very cool talent. In my day, that would have been a, a mixed tape, but mm -hmm. I think that, I think the playlist makes a lot of sense. I think when we post this story, we, we should have a list of your playlist um, on decarceration. Yeah, I gotcha. I'll make one. I bet you got one. I bet you do. All right, we'll do. We'll link to it for sure. Yeah, right, for we're, sure. We're getting close on time, so but I always I always finish by asking people what are the things at Emory and Henry from your student days, which was like oh, ten minutes ago. But what are the <laughs> what are the things from Emory and Henry um, from your time there that follow you as you go into grad school and go into your adult world and that sort of thing? What what kinds of things do you take with you? The connections I made, and I feel like that's what everyone says, but it's it's quite true. The people that I met there are unlike any other. I know that if I see someone in Emory Merch or in Emory Greek Letters out anywhere, like we will have a special connection, and that's really cool. While I was at Emory, I had an incredible professor who really uh, poured some great knowledge into me as well. But also, I was taking summer classes and working, and I didn't really, um, you know, have a lot of money to stay on campus that summer. So I, I was speaking to my professor, and she was like, "Well, I'm going to be gone all summer. You want to just house?" it for me and I was Aww. like yeah and so I did that for two summers in a row same when the pandemic hit I didn't want to go home I didn't want to <laughs> leave Emory and she was you know at uh, at a different house and she was like do you want to just stay there and you know continue with your job and be able to work so I mean if it's not with the professors it's with it's with the students it's with the, the faculty and staff it's connections that you can't get in a in a city like this I mean you can get those connections but it's different because there's just so many more people and at Emory there's this one thing that really bonds you and I think it's easier to talk to people in smaller settings and when you have this like common interests as well so well and I hope that very soon you're going to see somebody on the street with some Emory and Henry merch on that would be good speaking of which the reason we got so. connected was because you're willing to host an Emory and Henry in the city event in Manhattan. And so, um, so if anybody's listening in Manhattan, yeah, yeah, if you're out there, come, come hang, I'd love to, I, to grab a drink. <laughs> I actually do know somebody up there and we're going to make that connection here before too, like this week, as soon as we get done here, we're going to make that connection because we got to get y'all together because she would have a fabulous time. That's going to be fun. Yeah. I would love that. That'd be great. Well, Alex Elkins, what a delight to get to talk to you. I feel bad that now I know you were over here house sitting like, you know, like a stone's throw away for two summers. I should have been over there checking on you, but I'm <laughs> glad that you're doing so well. And it's fun to hear about your program. What's your advice to students coming along about next steps after Emory and Henry? Because you've made a big one from Blacksburg to Manhattan. I mean, that's a yeah. big step. Yeah. My advice is anything is possible. And if you truly want it, you will figure it out. Even if it feels like you don't have all of the steps in place right now, sometimes you just have to jump and you have to figure it out. And I've done a lot of figuring it out. When I moved to the city, I had never seen my apartment. I'd only met my roommates through Zoom. I had no idea who they were. I came here, I moved in, I figured it out. And that's just like one small step in my personal journey, but truly, anyone out there, whatever you want to do, it's possible. Sometimes you just have to take that leap and figure it out. 
as you go along. That is great advice. And I hope students are listening because I would love for them to hear that. Alex Elkins, Emory Henry Class of 2020. Thanks for being our guest on the Duck Pond Wall. Thanks so much. And I want to thank you everybody for listening to WEHC because you know what? It's the voice of Southwest Virginia. Thank you.